I got out in the driveway and walked up to the front door. And the first thing I noticed was a, a dead Christmas wreath on the door. Now, this right here should have probably been enough of a red flag for me to say, you know, that's really not my speed. But right at the same time as I was noticing this dead wreath, he opened the door and stepped out. And lo and behold, he was easily 15 years older than his picture. And so at that moment, I went right to the question you asked me earlier, which was, why didn't I FaceTime him? This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between, here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. Hello, hello. This is Jody, and we're back with another season filled with all new dating stories told to you by the women who live them. This season, we're bringing you more memorable, hopeful, hilarious, and yes, horrific tales from the front lines of dating in midlife. As we've done during all our previous seasons, each guest will share what she's learned from what happened while she was out in the dating world. It's all part of our commitment to help women support women so that you can go on your next date feeling all the more in the know. Because really, let's face it, dating is a skill. And to develop a skill, you need to practice. And it's always really helpful to have somebody in your corner giving you some guidance too. That's also why I'm going to be joined this season by three dating and relationship coaches. With them, I'm going to delve into topics including mindful dating, no rules dating, and dating with marriage in mind, as well as other topics. Before we get into today's episode, I have an exciting announcement to make. I've written a book, and it's going to be published on September the 14th. It's part of the First Date Stories initiative. We have a podcast, we have a blog, and now a book. The book's title is First Date Stories, Women's Romantic and Ridiculous Midlife Adventures. You know, there are just some stories that are better suited to be read than to be listened to. So I've written up a collection of true debut date stories that women have recounted to me and that I lived. After each tale, there are a few dating takeaway tips that relate to what transpired in this story. And there are funny and inspirational quotes from renowned women sprinkled throughout. Read it for fun. Read it for entertainment. Also, you could read a romantic story before you go out on a date to help you get in the right frame of mind. If the date doesn't go as you'd hoped it would, when you get back home, pull it out and read one of the tales of a horrendous date to remind yourself that others have gone through what you have, or a lot worse. To find out more about the book and pre-order a copy, just go to firstdatestories.com forward slash book, or to your favorite local or online bookseller. Now for the episode. To kick season four off, we have a story that took place during the pandemic. Siobhan and Carl met on Bumble. Over the course of five weeks or so, 
they went from talking for 15 minutes to an hour to an hour and a half a day. They had a few failed attempts to meet because things got in the way. Then Carl asked Siobhan if she'd come over to his place because he wanted to cook her dinner. And she decided to break her rule, which was to only meet strangers for the first time in public. Find out if this was a good idea or if it was a bad one. Here's Siobhan's first date story. Hi, Siobhan. Thank you for coming on the podcast to kick off the new season with me. It is terrific to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too. Now, our listeners like to get a feel for the guest who's sharing her story. Given this, it would be great if you could please tell us some things about yourself. Sure. I am a 56-year-old divorced single mom. Um, My twin sons are in college, and I um, work. I'm a professional woman. I love the outdoors, hiking, biking. Um, I'm on again, off again on the online dating scene. So um, the story will unfold from there. Ooh, okay. That's a great lead in. (laughs) So we're going to talk about an online date that you went on. You got it. Now, let's lay the groundwork for this story. Did it happen during the pandemic? Yes. What was going on in your life at the time that this date took place? Oh, gosh, so many things. So when the pandemic began, I was at the tail end of a two-year relationship. And we were, you know, we were working at remaining friends. But then you know, like for so many people, COVID shut down relationships with anyone who was not in your immediate bubble. And so um, at the time, I wasn't really thinking about dating at all. But, you know, then the kids were getting ready to go off to college. And I started thinking about, you know, getting back out there and back up on the horse. And so um, it was the summer of 2020. And I decided to dip my toe back into the the online dating scene. You're ready to dip your toe back into online dating, even though we were in the middle of a pandemic, which is a really brave thing to do on multiple fronts. So how did you go about doing this? Well, I mentioned before that I am, I love the outdoors. And so I met a couple of my dates, um, either on a hike, or we would go someplace outdoors always socially distance. And so to be honest with you, it was somewhat awkward. Um, and so I, I went out on a few dates and it didn't really go anywhere. And I, I didn't think much of it. Um, frankly, until I struck up a a bumble conversation with a man named Carl, who was super attractive. Um, he was a few years younger than me and, had moved uh, from another part of the country nearby um, to be near his son, which was great. And um, and so he gave me his full name, and we started having lots of phone conversations, a very funny guy, obviously intelligent. I checked him out, um, as many people do, and, you know, he checked out on LinkedIn and Google and all of those things as a, a security professional Um, with, you know, had been around in in his industry for a while. 
he made you laugh, and that was something you were looking for in a man. Definitely. Um, he made me laugh to the point where my son walked in on one of our early conversations and said, Mom, who are you talking to? What What are you laughing at? And I just, because I hadn't really had those kind of laugh out loud moments for many months being in COVID. So it was, he really was a breath of fresh air. So that must have really felt good. And how long did this go on for? So as it happened, um, this was last, the summer of 2020. And we, we spent a good month talking on the phone. At first it was 15 minutes, then it was an hour then it was an hour and a half, usually in the evening after work. And the other bit of context that's sort of funny is that we were also watching this deliciously steamy series called Outlander. Um, and so that was sort of hanging out in the background and we would chat about that. And, you know, as you can imagine, before too long, we were excited, you know, to meet in person. And so the first attempt was to meet for a hike, but then he had to cancel because he had a work obligation. So before the two of you met in person, did you meet virtually through FaceTime, Zoom, or or whatever no. video chat nope, app? No, we did not. But why not? Because you had spent so much time on the phone together. Why did you not meet right. face-to-face over video that chat? That is an excellent question. And I couldn't really tell you except to say that I don't much like the video chat at work and this guy checked out, you know, pictures online and things like that. And so it didn't, it just wasn't the medium that we were choosing to use. How did it come about that the two of you eventually did meet in person? So it did not seem like it was going to happen because after he couldn't go because of work, then the fires came and the air quality was terrible. And so the hike that we had planned was canceled. And so he then said, well, look, I'd really like to make you dinner. Would you come over for dinner? And I will tell you that I have a longstanding rule, which says you do not go anywhere except a place in public on your first date. That That's a you know, a smart, safe thing to do. But I had been speaking with Carl for easily a month, maybe five weeks. I felt like we had put the time in. I asked my sons, they said, mom, you gotta go. And so I left my phone number and his address with them. And I made my salad and brought my nice bottle of wine um, and drove over um, for what really seemed like Wow, it was despite COVID, it was going to be, you know, a true blue date. And there you are, you're in your car, you've got your salad and your wine. What's going through your head as you're driving over to his place? Well, I, you know, as you can imagine, I guess you may not have seen Outlander, but if you have, what you know is that the protagonists have an incredibly romantic, sexy relationship. And so I admit that I was really excited about this. And I looked nice and I made every effort (laughs) in COVID times. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a big deal during a pandemic, especially when you get out of your sweats. I hadn't had my hair done in six months. I mean, I made an effort. (laughs) Way to go. You stepped it up for this one. Indeed. 
Take us through what happened next. So I pulled up and I got out in the driveway and walked up to the front door. And the first thing I noticed was a a dead Christmas wreath on the door. Now, this right here should have probably been enough of a red flag for me to say, you know, that's really not my speed. But right at the same time as I was noticing this dead wreath, he opened the door and stepped out. And lo and behold, he was easily 15 years older than his picture. And so at that moment, I went right to the question you asked me earlier, which was, why didn't I FaceTime him? (laughs) We know why he didn't suggest that you FaceTime him now. (laughs) So, so often there's a a 10 year gap, maybe, but 15 years. Wow, he was really pushing it there. And I have to tell you that that he had also tried hard. So he had a very nice shirt on, but he had clearly, you know, dyed his hair, maybe that very day, because, you know, we had a little hair dye action happening on on the side of his face. Ooh. So, but yeah, so already within the space of 30 seconds, it was like, mm, nope, this isn't going to go anywhere. But that's okay. He's still a nice person, right? And I am a nice person. And so I decided I drove all the way over here. Let's just step inside and and we can be friends. Did you hug him when you walked in? Shake his hand? What'd you do? (laughs) He may have noticed the very brief look of shock on my face. (laughs) I, (laughs) I gave him a hug and I said hello and And into the house, we walked, you know, we walked back to the kitchen and whatnot. And I gave him the bottle of wine and he had, he kept having to run upstairs to his room to get a wine opener, to get a glass, to get the paper plates that we ate dinner on. But here's the deal. It quickly became clear that this was not his home as he had earlier presented on our earlier calls. Well, well, I got to stop you there. I got to stop you there. So it was not his place. You walked into this house and you saw pictures of other people sitting around on the mantle. Tell us what were the clues in addition to him disappearing to his room to get things that clued you into this? So um, there were no pictures. So that that didn't clue me in. But The first thing that did clue me in was that he was constantly having to run upstairs to get typical kitchen apparatus, a glass or a spoon or something like that. And so I ended up, and and also, you know, there were a few decor items that, that would be, you know, not at all um, part of likely to be part of his cultural background. And, you know, that's cool. I'm, that's fine. And, and I, eventually said to him, do you rent here? Or he said, Oh no, I, I'm just living here for a little while with my business partner. So that, that at the time seemed enough of a satisfactory answer at the time. Okay. (laughs) But why couldn't he use his business partner's wine bottle opener or plates? I'm telling you, I don't know. And it was bizarre. And I, I do not think of myself as a snobby person, but drinking wine out of a big gulp cup and eating dinner off of (laughs) paper plates, 
<laughs> I mean, okay. So, but I'm, a, you know, I'm a nice woman, right? In quotes. So I, you just go with it. And, and the conversation was, was okay, right? And um, he kept trying to kind of come in for the, the smooch action. And, and the, I was clear from the front door that that was not going to happen. Where did you have dinner? Where in the place? Because it seems like he was very cautious about how he used the house and that he didn't use a lot of what was in the kitchen. So where were the two of you when you had your dinner together? We ate in the kitchen. There was like a funky table in the kitchen. There was a dining room in this house, but we, he had set the table in the kitchen. You brought a salad over. What did he prepare for the meal? <laughs> well, it was clear to me that he, he had bought um, some frozen items at the store. And um, he did have a sheet pan, so it was um, frozen salmon and these, you know, those Pillsbury popovers that, you know, my kids love them. And so that's what he had. And I I thought to myself, thank God for the salad. It was pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) Not the meal you were expecting with To be honest, the freshly you know, caught salmon drizzled with some wonderful sauce and uh, served with a wonderful side of some fresh uh, vegetables. No, no, and <laughs> and the thing that's funny about that is, in the calls leading up to the the date, he was so excited and so proud of himself that he was going to make me dinner, which which in and of itself is a sweet thing, right? It's a sweet thing to do, but. The man clearly did not know how to cook, which also makes the rest of the evening kind of come into sharp relief because I don't ever think it was about making me dinner. Now now I can see that looking back. We finished up dinner, and after dinner, the, the plan had always been to, to go out into the living room and, and watch a few episodes of Outlander, okay? Now, had he been sort of the person that I thought he was, this might have been a very exciting time, but twas not to be. So we, I sat on my side of the couch and he inched ever closer. And just as we're starting to get into the, the episode, the front door swings open and a lady walks in with a suitcase. No way. <laughs> I mean, I was like, wow, this night is the trippiest night I've had in a while. Okay, so she's very pleasant. Turns out it became eminently clear that it was an Airbnb. So now I'm feeling irritated and like, okay, there's nothing about this guy that stacks up. And I was now getting to be glad that the Airbnb lady was there because now there was somebody else in the house. This woman bursts through the front door with a suitcase. Can imagine that was shocking. Uh, What uh, sort of interaction did you directly have with her? Well, she was very pleasant. um, And that's when I first really came to realize my suspicions were true, that it was an Airbnb because she said hello. She clearly had not met Carl before. Um, And of course, I had never been there before, but she basically went on to tell us that she had stayed there several other times and she was in town for a workshop and, you know, she knew how to get back to her room and, and 
said good night and have a nice evening. She was a very pleasant woman, and um, she she seemed more familiar with the place than he was, um, and had been there multiple times. So he had lied to you about the home. Yeah. He had lied to you about having a business partner. Yep. You must have been questioning every single thing this man had told you. He lied about his age. Yes, absolutely. But still, you know, I'm feeling this sense of obligation to see the date through and to leave on good terms. Why, why I don't know. And, you know, I should probably talk to somebody about that. But as it <laughs> happened, the episode goes on and I got up to walk back into the kitchen and get some water and I look up, just happen to look up, and I notice, this is the weirdest part of the story, and notice that there are cameras in every corner of the room. And so now, cameras. cameras, like cameras. I walk out and I say, I'm sorry, what's up with the cameras? Oh, well, you know, he says, I'm in the security business and, you know, they're, they're not on. Don't worry, they're not on. And now I am certifiably creeped out by this guy. Even though he's like down home, he come, presents as a very down home, safe, older gentleman. Now I'm thinking this is truly not okay. But I have to use the restroom before I can leave because it was an hour away from my house. And it's now like nine o'clock at night. So... <laughs> Okay, so you're very cautious when you go into that bathroom, I imagine. Very cautious, looking around, where could the camera be? I mean, it just, it was bizarre. So I, I came downstairs, I grabbed my bag, and he he said, oh, you're, you're leaving so soon? <laughs> said, Carl, I have to tell you that you're a very, you seem to be a very nice man, but nothing of what you've told me is, has been true. And I'm sorry, but I, I don't believe you uh, about the cameras. I, I'm not here to be recorded. And he got upset then. Then he got defensive and angry. And I was glad that I had my bag. And I quickly made it out the front door with him sort of being upset with me. Because I, I have to say, in retrospect, I think the plan was for me to get over there and, you know, feel romantic and for him to record all that. And not that anything was going to happen anyway, but it's um, it's a funny story, even though it has undertones of also could have gone other ways. And all the way home, I chastised myself for breaking my rule, which is you do not go on a first date unless it's in public and you've actually met the person maybe even more than once in public. And, um, and I also have to wonder why I felt so obligated to be nice and stay there as long as I did. What I was glad about was that because I had already made, you know, a very certain decision, even before walking through the front door, because of his lie about his age, the fact that he had a dead Christmas wreath on the front door, which I thought was just bizarre. And it was just kind of a bizarre setup. I was cautious about what I said or, or the stories that I told. And so that part, I feel like that was okay. But honestly, at the end of the day, I wish that I had just said, you know, 
I think, thank you. I want to thank you for dinner. And I, I think it's time to go home now. And I wish that I had just been able to get over this sort of good girl point of view and say goodbye. But I didn't. Right. I, I stayed around for more. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are taught um, to be, like you said, good girls and to be people pleasers and to be concerned about the other person and not offend. And there's probably a lot of that going on in, with you at that time, that training, that conditioning that we've all had. That's right. Indeed. But the camera thing really threw me. And that's when I knew it was, it was time to go. The camera thing is incredibly creepy. Very. And, and you were right to think that he may have had other intentions <laughs> um, when, when you saw those. And, and that is every reason to have exited as you did. So he went in and he wired up an Airbnb with cameras. I can't say that for sure. What I know is that it was not his home. It was not. So then I went back and I looked afterwards, right? The home was not registered to him um, at that address. And I think it was, it definitely was an Airbnb because the lady who walked through the front door unannounced. So I don't know if he was renting a room or what the deal was, but at that point, there was no way I was going to believe him that the cameras were off. Why do you need four security cameras in your kitchen and God knows where else in your house, right? Right. I actually wasn't even upset. When I left, I was a little freaked out. And and then I just started to kind of laugh because the whole thing was so bad that it was like, how did I get here? And then I drove, and it was a long way. As I said, it was an hour. I get home, and my boys are home. And they, they said, Mom, what are you doing home so early? And I said, you guys are never going to believe this. It is one heck of a story about a date that seemed like it had so much potential and turned out to be anything but the evening right. that you had hoped it would be. And thankfully, you were smart enough to to exit when you did. Uh, yes. Did you ever follow up with Carl to tell you him know, anything else about how you felt about the evening? I really thought about it. I really thought about, because after a while I was angry, right? After I thought it was funny, I kind of went through the whole range of emotions after the whole thing. And I thought about texting him and just saying, you know, that was super uncool. I don't know what your deal is. I should report you. I thought about reporting him. Um, and But I ended up not because I thought, you know, you don't know about if people really are creeps. And he knew where I lived. And so I just decided, you know what? I need to let this one lay. And, and I, I think it's interesting that I did not hear from him. So he knew that when I left, you know, that was the end of that. So I think he's lucky that I didn't actually report him, and I wish I knew how to do that because I don't, you know, I don't think, I think he was a nice guy, but God knows what else he had up his sleeve. And you never need to find out. No. Is in the midst of a pandemic, you wanted a connection, you met this man, he did not at all on any level turn out to be the person you thought he was. 
How has this impacted your thoughts about dating uh, and meeting new men these days? You know, at first I thought that it wasn't a big deal, but I do recognize that it makes me maybe even more skeptical than I was going in. I haven't had terrific luck with online dating, a couple, but it has made me far more, I I guess what you would say, skeptical and like I really wish now to just meet a man in the good old fashioned way. And so I'm not, I'm off of all of it now and, and we'll see what happens. Well, as life is opening up now, more people vaccinated, there are lots more opportunities to meet people in person for the first time in the sort of environments that we were used to. Indeed. I hope so. I hope so. Yes. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear it did not turn you off of dating, but just made you more skeptical of online as a platform for you. Correct. That's true. Thank you so much for coming on the show to share this bizarre tale about Carl, who seemed to be one type of person and ended up to be a very creepy type of person. Exactly. Thank you for having me. I wish everybody out there, all of your listeners, good luck. And um, just know that I'm still smiling through the story because mostly it was just You had to kind of chalk it up to one of the most bizarre evenings I've ever had in my life. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And you can subscribe there or wherever you're listening right now. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And also check out our blog at firstdatestories.com, where we celebrate singledom, talk about self-care, explore what might be keeping you from finding the right partner, and dish out some dating tips. And now for a quick run-through of the legalese. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Aid Stories does not recommend or endorse or object to the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests have been changed for privacy purposes. The producer of the podcast is Sarah Singer Schiff, and the show is brought to you by Aspar Ventures. First Aid Stories is here to help you be your best self, cheer you on, and encourage you to keep going on first dates beyond your next first date could be the lifelong love you're seeking.